just trust your gut if you feel like it. Someone has crossed the boundaries. Maybe you haven't set those clearly, but there is a boundary still building you. So just bring it up, clarify it. So then the thing won't happen in the future again. So trust your gut. Hi, I am Sophie Vu, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. Don't just see the future, know the future with today's sponsor, Sourceten. I've talked before about how Sourceten is a necessary tool to compete in gaming these days. In short, Sourceten empowers studio to build human-centric experiences by unlocking deep, psychological understanding of your most valuable audiences. At a time when we needed to know what our players would respond to, my team and I use Sourceten and their product Navigator to identify key psychological insights across our audience for Plantopia. This prompted us to reshape our FTOE, for example, promoting a stronger sense of productivity earlier on in the game. And this aligned with our audience's desire for empowerment and accomplishment, resulting in higher FTOE completion rates and longer sessions. Source and Player Intelligence Platform enables studios to unlock the full potential of their games and minimize risks across every stage of the development cycle. Visit good.sourcen.io that you can find in the show notes for a demo. Mention Rise and Play and receive a free feature, theme, and art style study included with your Navigator purchase, a $20,000 value. Learn why EA, Supercell, Wooga, and more use Source to create the best human-centric gaming experiences possible. So hi, welcome to a new episode of Rise and Play. And today, the focus of our topic and episode will be about setting boundaries. It's a big, big topic. Setting personal boundaries is a challenge in itself. But uh, where it's more applicable and relevant for conversation today is at work, where when you don't set boundaries, what happens? Or what are the roles of the responsibilities where you should definitely set very strong boundaries because that's part of your job. And that's what I want to talk about today with uh, Maria Manola. So Maria is recently has been recently joining Rovio, a company that I know very well, as a senior producer. So congratulations, Maria. She's been a producer with uh, years of experience in the games industry. She had the chance also to work on businesses of all sizes, from small startup, big corporation, and such as some names that you will recognize here, Seriously, Do Dreams, and Nitro Games. For our experience, she has learned about various leadership philosophy and team structures, which is quite rare in such a short time of career. So I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that today. In her philosophy as a leader, she puts people first and emphasizes audience and motivational knowledge as a foundation for creating powerful products. So today, Maria with us will share her knowledge and experience from the lens of producer and her experience in multiple companies where we will focus on boundaries. So hi, Maria. Welcome. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set the context on boundaries. What is a boundary to you? What is your definition? That is a very good question because we all have a different approach on it. And I think we still kind of consider the same thing, what it is about, but it's actually quite complex if you really deep dive. But in short and simple, uh, it's a limitation, basically. But if you really want to deep dive it, uh, it's more versatile 
tool that kind of allows us to teach others how to build trust, how to prioritize, how to take ownership, how to resolve conflicts, how to empower your team members, and the list just keeps going, basically. Yeah, and we'll get into that like more concretely. I'd like to start uh, the definition from what I read uh, from the book uh, called Boundaries. I think it's just yeah, straightforward boundaries. Uh, let me read it here. That boundaries are supposed to be able to breathe, to be like fences with a gate that can let the good in and the bad out. How does that definition resonate to you? Does that add something to you? This is a really good, tangible explanation. Like fence, and I think we are all knocking on each other's gates, basically in every single role. But especially on the leadership, I think it's also our gatekeeping job to stand near the gate and see what is going in, what is going out. How do we build the fences and how strong the fences are? So that's a really good, solid explanation mm-hmm. for it. I like it. So let's go as well further now that we have covered the basic definition. What are the challenges with setting boundaries or boundaries in general in the context of work? And I would like to hear your experience. Like, How did that even uh, become a concept to you that, okay, this is something really to work on or to be deliberate about when thinking about boundaries? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think even before the games industry, I, I had a hard time understanding unfair rules. And in many of the work communities, I could see that the rules were set, but those were not exactly boundaries because those rules could be bended, especially by your face value if you were friends with the HR, you were really good friends with the boss or something. And I could see that some of those people got different treatment while someone really hardworking, nice a valuable employee got like a punishment for being late for two minutes or something. So I was like, something is not right here. I didn't at the point understand the whole picture. And it wasn't really my role to build these rules or monitor these things. But by the time then in the games industry, uh, especially when we have a little bit more diverse uh, like culture fit in the communities, often we have like international teams which brings those clashes very obvious here and especially being a woman in the tech industry that that brings all sorts of new boundaries that I have had to set myself and of course what I have had to learn from others so I think it culminates on the lack of boundaries where I really kind of put this into my head on a checklist like manage these things see these ask people how they feel about and try to understand their boundaries as well so In many companies, you may have these, let's say, values, for example, which is quite nice, but that's the company level. So when you see on those individual levels of each people, there's so many levels on it. It's not just having those nice words or rules up, but it can go as deep as like emotional boundaries or your time and energy consumption. It can be some material stuff like, do I like if people touch my things at the workplace? Once we had an issue where someone... um, it was meant to be a joke. Someone went lunch and meanwhile, someone else did make his background to be a porn image, which at the time, yeah, I can kind of look mm-hmm. it through the fingers, but that person specifically did not enjoy the situation at all. It was not like work stuff and it was his own personal screen. And he felt that now if someone from the management walks by and sees his background, like what is the position that he will be seen at? There's so many levels that are. Uh, if this topic touches, so it is always around us. Mm. At some point, what we want will actually cross the line of someone else. Maybe accepting it from the beginning is already the start. 
But yeah, do you have any other thoughts or experience that you have in mind as well regarding this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For example, um, I've seen some situations where someone in the higher position sees that someone is one of those yes, yes people and say yes to everything. Also, that's like, I should recognize the boundary that that person is willing to let the boundaries flow and just says yes to everything. Do I want to exploit that? Should I recognize and help that person to build the boundary, especially if I see any signs of burnout or or even physical situations, like the physical stress that comes out from that person not knowing how to say no or not being able to say no, just because maybe the fear of that, oh, that's my supervisor or Maybe sometimes I, I've been wondering, like, where does these kind of things come from? Why do we set ourselves in that situation? Because I think many companies, we try to encourage people to set those boundaries, but then it's in within ourselves that sometimes we just don't. So I've been wondering where that comes from. Maybe it is that sometimes we really want to prove ourselves, maybe even more that we should be, or maybe it's feeling guilty that I don't do enough if I see other people working so hard and stuff like that. So. It, it's a mystery still to me, like how do we end up in these situations where we don't set the boundaries as well. But as a lead, definitely like we should help others to set the boundaries if we see any any insights of someone not doing it. Mm-hmm. I think also one thing that very personal to me as well, when I joined to the industry, I came from a more, I would say, basic job where I made okay-ish money, but I wasn't expecting the culture where you go to the lunch every single day. And those who live in Helsinki knows that lunch might not be cheap here. So I kind of had to set the boundary for myself. Like, am I willing to spend the money every single day to go lunch with my friends? Because of course, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. I wanted to know all these people. I wanted to spend that lunch time with them. But the money I was burning. So at one point I was like, okay, I, I really need to set a boundary. Maybe if I go just twice a week to lunch and the rest of the days I'll bring my own lunch, that could be a balance. So mm-hmm. Before we get more into uh, ideas and discussion about where to start the work, right? With boundaries, because it's it's a wide topic. That's why we started really like in a broadly about the topic definition and then origins, which would deserve a podcast or a whole book about it, and they are, so good good news. How did you learn actually to apply it or even you know, practice it? And are you still, like, where are you in this journey? Oh, deep in this journey, definitely. I think it, the more I thought about this topic, I it kind of keeps crippling to me how vast it is. Like, it touches every single thing. It's like, it's a crucial part of the company culture building and at the same time, the team building, of course. And since I try from the teams, our products run from the teams and the teamwork is the key for everything, it touches every single thing from our even sprint structure. That is actually boundary. When do I expect something to be returned? When do I expect uh, us to review it together? How do I expect us to communicate, which might be daily meetings, for example, and stuff like that. So it touches every single thing from how to behave during meetings, how to even invite people to the meetings all the way to how to say thank you for someone, how do you compliment or or even compensate someone. And it just, it touches literally every single thing on my work, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into that because also I think where is a very interesting river role and you're are not the only producer I know who have been uh, dealing with that in the sense that by the nature of your role producer, which is a bit of a bucket of everything sometimes where people don't really fully understand as well what is really the role. 
then requests will come a lot to you. So player support thing problems, a bug, a crash, sometimes emotional support, someone not feeling well will talk to the producer, organizing an event, or you have your CEO coming to do some assistant, you know, tasks. I'm sure you have experienced that. And how do you manage that these days as all those requests come, come to you? First, I would like to hear more of the, how do you structure that mentally for yourself, right? So even before you know what to manage and what to say yes to, what work have you done to have clarity on what are your boundaries as a producer? That's actually a good, good question in that sense that exactly like you said, not many actually knows what exactly producing is. And I think major part of this is setting those boundaries. So for myself, it starts setting the boundary in a way like how do I lead and I lead by example. So I have to have some boundaries myself. So everyone and anyone from the company, the team can come to me with their request and I prioritize them people first. So if it's a team situation, a conflict or exactly like you said, someone feeling bad or something, I need to handle that first. And they know that is my first priority. And then comes the company and the product. And of course, that's combined with all of the marketing or community and all that. And that then goes back to the, I need to understand why. Why is this an issue? Why do you feel like this? Why do you think this breaking your rules, for example, or your, why is it knocking the wrong way on your gate, basically? So I definitely want to understand the why. And that helps me to prioritize and justify the actions that I might take on those situations. And I think one really important thing for me in that role that has been helping a lot with this topic as well is being consistent. So if I set the boundaries for myself, I need to stick with those. If I ask the team to set those for themselves, I need to ask them to stay with that and I need to keep reminding them about those. So these things don't always come very naturally as we have seen, like we say yes, it's yes, even though we know it's a bad thing for us. So I need to encourage the people to stay consistent, whatever the boundary is. Let's build it together. Let's make sure it's a solid boundary and it stays intact and not even, uh, I don't know, squirrels can go through it or something like that. <laughs> But what you're describing actually, and uh, I think beyond setting the boundaries is having clarity on your priorities, which is really important, right? How do you communicate those? Because again, uh, I don't know what is your personal challenge. Is it saying no? Is it saying yes? Or is it being clear? Definitely my challenge would be exactly being clear. So everything like you described, it is clear in my head, but how do I get it out to the people? How do I communicate it? It depends a little bit on the situation, of course, but especially the very personal boundaries, like people ain't coming to the office and yell it out like, oh, I don't like talking about politics. So I don't like talking about certain food types or something. You, you kind of naturally find it out. But when it comes to work specific things, I have had to learn it through the hard way, how to communicate my expectations to the team, for example. And I have chosen a very railroad version. So, for example, now joining a new company, I'm making sure that I meet everybody one by one. And I already drop out a few things. I tell them about my personal, um, like, how do I receive feedback? And I'm working on it. And how am I working on it? So they know what to expect if we end up in a minor conflict, for example, And I also tell them like some examples of practices that I do. Like I'm one of those people who's always online in Slack. And I know it's a bad habit, but I like it. I enjoy it. It doesn't take my energy. 
but I have to make sure that the other employees don't now think I'm expecting them to be always online. Or if I send them a message late at night, I always tell that I do not expect you to respond to this right now. You do it when you have time or I expect your response by the end of tomorrow or something like that. So kind of railroading everything. And if I have even the tiniest gut feeling that someone might take my words wrong, I usually just add one more sentence and explain that this is not personal for anyone or this is not about specific topic. This is more about this and like just really, really railroad everything that I can. <laughs> but it's still something that I'm working on. I love the example as you start. This is like almost like giving the manual to work with you. It's also a good reminder as well for me that I haven't done this in a discipline or deliberate way where you say like, well, by the way, this way of working or is preferred for me. You said already like, you know, the, the stage uh, for people to work in the best condition or condition of success. And the example with the Slack, you will collide with someone else boundary where they don't want to see your message. Like imagine I'm the one receiving your message at 11, 10. And then you say, I don't expect an answer. You do your part, you do your boundary. And then I'm reading this as a, you know, a team member and like, well, I, my boundary is like, I don't want to receive a message at 10 PM. How would you handle it? It's all theoretical, of course, but it's very, it's a realistic scenario. <laughs> it is very realistic scenario. And we actually had once a bunch of producers sit on a table and talk about this because we, we all had a different approach. Like my way was ex like exactly that I told the team that I might send out messages late, but don't react. I'm not expecting that. One of the other producers was like, I'm using, like, I write it, but I don't send it. But then we all were like, no, 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 no. Because now the other one can see that you're typing and they are waiting <laughs> for the message to come. And then there was someone smarter than us and said like, yeah, you guys know that Slack actually supports this scheduling feature that might be useful for you guys. I have been just too lazy to use it. But if that situation would happen and someone would come to me like, Maria, I don't like to see the messages so late, we would have a discussion about like, do you have the notifications on at the evening, for example? Do you have your Slack and let's say new phone on the first screen? Because I know it's a very good habit that you don't always keep it visible. But most likely I would probably bend in that situation as a lead and say like, absolutely, that is fine. I'll change the way how I work out. What would be the best way for you? Like, would you like it to be scheduled? Would you like me to send a morning message or something? And then we'll try to find a common ground, compromise. Yeah, I, I have used the scheduling uh, feature for some time now. It has been very helpful because I can't, I can't help it. I, like I have a moment, I have the thought, I need to write it down. It's like I, I don't want to think about it. Set a reminder to remind myself tomorrow, so I just do it. But then I schedule it, and I feel good as well. It, <laughs> it's just faster to tap the enter. But if that would make someone else's life better and easier and more safe of course i would mm. go through the extra extra few clicks to send the scheduled message <laughs> yeah also yeah question back to you then because uh you're also in a high high role and i think in especially when working with different cultures many of the people expect the bosses always to set the boundaries have you ever had a situation where you have to deal with this like a situation where you have to encourage and allow the other person to challenge your boundaries for example and how how would you get that sentiment out of them how do you recognize if if they expect and want you to set the boundaries but it would be beneficial for them to do it with you for example so that one is tricky because the reality when you are in a position of power and 
it depends on the level of trust. And I would say that, especially when you join a new company, new team with a position of power and authority, like also your case, and then you're setting your boundaries. And then because the trust is not fully established yet, people comply to those uh, boundaries, but not necessarily feel safe to express that they don't agree with those or challenge those. And this is where that part is tricky to even know that it's happening. So I would assume always that it's happening, you know, so... Our, our job, if we really want to make it feel safe and an environment safe where people can feel themselves and then they can also set their own boundaries safely, it's about inquiring a lot and asking the questions, you know, like this is, a, I don't know, one of the hard rules and opening like something I've done also um, in, in the company when joining, ask me anything, AMA, and then you, you see quite disturbing questions of what's in the mind of people and they they wouldn't tell you, of course, face-to-face. -face. And then you realize, okay, there are things maybe that haven't been working the right way. But yeah, you had no way to know until now. So making it anonymous at first, collect, and that's the way to be challenged indirectly. And this is where also you have the opportunity in a leadership position to show that you have a good intent and you are willing to flex those boundaries or those rules you set to make it work, you know, for the two parties. Uh, because in the end, it's not a zero-sum game, but it, it's a compromise. Like you said, we, we try to make it work. And in the end, we, we find ourselves quite flexible at the end of the day. Sometimes we believe like, oh, if I let go of that boundary, my whole world will collapse and I can't do this. And then you, you end up doing this for the good reasons. Like, okay, it, it was fine. And same happens as well with members of your team. So creating an environment of safety, I would say it's, that's the part that is important as well to encourage this boundary conversation. Yeah, definitely. AMA is a really good tip because I think I might sometimes be a little bit too direct and I'm like, for example, I do tend to tell people that, hey, if you don't like this, just let me know. But there are people whose boundaries are that I might not be able to tell to my boss something that I don't like. So that way, for example, just having an open questionnaire or anonymous questionnaire or something like that and going through the questions there, that would be something mm. I, I definitely want to try. Thank you. I'm, I'm a lot about principles. I mean, like the whole raising place about that, like there are certain strong principles and I have, I'm very clear about those now in a certain way of treating each other. And if I see this in the workplace and they are, are have been acknowledged and still say this way, I know this is my limit and I will make it clear that I will not stay. I know that it's easier to do it when you have a bit of power. It's much harder. Imagine you just started your job. You really need your job. It's not the same situation, of course. And I wanted to finish on a point that was uh, on a more personal level. Boundaries are great also for personal relationships. So I, I hope every, everyone can benefit from this and in, improve their personal romantic partnerships. My partner has more a challenge to be, he's a conflict avoidant. He has said it himself, mm. I'm conflict avoidant. So that's another situation when you recognize People by nature are conflict avoidant. They, they would not come to you and say, I don't like this. I would like this to change. So what we agreed to create in our partnership is a space once a month, like our mini retro of our couple. And then we go through the questions. And this is a space that is safe. It has clear rules, clear framework, clear timeline. And, and then for him, it was actually easier to then express really the hard things because it was framed. So that's also another practice I would recommend, like when you have retrospective or an, you know, as a leader, you would invite a session where it's an open feedback and 
I will just take your hit. I will, the rule is I will not say anything. I will just say thank you. I will collect and I will leave this meeting without replying back. You know, whatever you want, you get the feedback for people to be encouraged them to express. That's a great example. Definitely a partnership retrospective. That's amazing. <laughs> Definitely can see that working. And I think, especially in the Finnish culture, we tend to be very. Like we hold back before we say, like you really need to break the camel back before people come out with their feedback. So setting that safe place, this is the time, this is the space. You can prepare in advance. Please come here with your boundaries or discussion boards and stuff. So that sounds very healthy. That's that's amazing. And this kind of also brought me back into one thing that I I didn't list or think in, in advance, but now came to my mind that we also should be asking for the boundaries as well um i have gone directly to the highest people like ceos and guys asking like i need more boundaries what is expected from me in this case how do we as a company work on this certain specific thing how we as a team can react to something so it's not just setting boundaries or listening other people's boundaries but also asking for those like making sure that someone else is willing to put those boundaries if i don't if I'm not in the position or if I don't have the skills set, for example, or the experience yet to make those happen. Yeah, and those are really important to escalate up. It's definitely like it should be the core part. And I'm actually surprised that no one ever in any interview has ever asked me about this. Never, ever. So HR, talent, people, here, here, ask about this thing from producers and management. How do you say no exactly? How do you guard your yeah priorities your focus you know what is my boundary and what is my role and what we call boundary here in the case when you were giving the example of asking okay where is my role response it's basically clarifying the edges of your role right when it's not defined as well this is another again boundaries like i want to have have a clear role defined otherwise i, I don't want to work you have the right to demand it because it's a pretty reasonable ask to do well your job. Definitely. One of my best, uh, what I love to do with the teams is setting the definition of done. I know it's part of Scrum and not everybody's using the Agile Scrum, but still having that discussion of what it actually means by when you say my work is done, my task is done, my the feature is done. And I bet that every single person has a different idea what it means. And that is when we set the boundaries together. So that work is a really good trust, uh, like training, situation as well because we all communicate we share what we think it should be and then we compromise what the actual boundary will be so it is kind of built in the agile scrum already but it's actually setting boundaries and people just don't think it's that easy and it actually is it can be that easy as well yeah the start is to talk about it and define it between mutual parties right to have clarity once again and then you can build the system that what you do you know the planning the sprint whatever the framework that supports those yeah, and then you retrospect it and see how how can you make it better fence and stronger gate on it, for example. Yeah, exactly. And before we finish for today, like talking about the topic, I wanted to leave you and the audience with some thoughts. I really recommend if uh, for some of you, if you're really interested in the whole topic of boundary, where it comes from, as I described, and really uh, being a boundary boss. Something I did for myself that was very helpful was to list what are mine, so I have clarity starting with clarity and what is not okay for me. So then I know 
the, the time between the moment the boundary was crossed and I react is shorter and shorter. It doesn't take weeks where you realize that thing that happened. I was not okay with that. You know, usually that's what happens. But now it's like takes sometimes hours, sometimes minutes. And that's what you want to get, right? So you can be proactive and reactive in time when the thing actually happened and you can correct and not later when it's uh, people have forgotten about the event. So that would be my last piece of advice. Yeah, I would definitely continue on that. I trust your gut. Like exactly that before it took you a little bit longer time to chew up that idea. Like you already feel it in your gut. Like that wasn't actually okay, but you're overanalyzing like, ah, oh, but can I bring this up to my boss? Can I actually, was I wrong? Da, da, da. Just trust your gut. If you feel like it, someone has crossed the boundaries. Maybe you haven't set those clearly, but there is a boundary still building you. So just bring it up, clarify it. So then the thing won't happen in the future again. So. Trust your gut. Yeah, it is a very good one. And uh, I would double down on that as well. Well, Maria, a very good discussion today. And like, I think we just uh, scratched the surface to be honest on the topic. So I'm pretty sure maybe in the future we have more. And maybe after you've read or experienced more, we can have something a bit more advanced on the topic. But thanks a lot for sharing your experience and uh, your challenge of becoming a boundary boss as a producer. Slowly getting there. It, it has been a very challenging, fun, and very rewarding to find those boundaries, set those boundaries, and help others to do so as well. So thank you also for this opportunity to share these thoughts, and I hope your listeners found some insights. And of course, feel free to reach out to either of us if you have any questions about this. Yeah, reach out to Maria. Thank you, Maria. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time, 